It's not too late to make someone's holiday season a special one. Start now as an Amazon delivery station warehouse associate to earn some extra money for the holidays. You'd help bring joy to thousands near you by preparing packages and loading them up for their final delivery. With night and early morning shifts available through the new year, you'd also have the flexibility to spend time with your loved ones. To start as a delivery station associate, go to Amazon.com slash holiday work. Amazon is a proud equal opportunity employer. Hello, this is Father Louis Scurdy, and I welcome you to Friends of the Word. This is the fifth Sunday of Lent, Lazarus Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, Resurrection Resuscitation of Lazarus, that is, we go toward the holy resurrection of Jesus who lives forever. And maybe as standing by with Mary, Martha, and the neighbors, we were there, what would we say to this preacher who comes and preaches and calls forth Lazarus? Let's check it out. At the homily. Thank you for joining us and pass this on to your family and friends. Let me hear from you, Father Lou Skirty at hotmail.com. God bless you. I thank the readers for assisting us with the gospel in parts. We hear the gospel in parts a few times during the year, especially during Lent, when the, the length of the gospels and the interaction of the gospels almost requires various voices. We have voices of the the narrator, we have the the speaker, we have the women, and so on. And it's almost like we all become part of this dynamic presentation when the speakers and the narrators and the women and Jesus are all interacting. It's almost like we're there at at Lazarus' tomb. And I think that's a very good jumping-off point for us for today. Here we are on the brink of the Passion, and then the following week we celebrate the the resurrection, not resuscitation as Jesus gave life back to Lazarus, but the resurrection, which has no end. See, Lazarus came back, and eventually he died again. He was resuscitated by Jesus. His spirit filled Lazarus, and he brought him back to life and he gave him back to his family. Not so with Jesus. When he resurrects and had resurrected on the third day of his death, he comes back to eternal life. And that concept of life and death is woven into the scriptures today, both from Ezekiel, Paul, and of course John's Gospel. But let's go back to the tomb. Imagine you're with the disciples, And Jesus gets the word that your buddy Lazarus is dead. Some regard Lazarus almost like a relative of Jesus, a paisan of Jesus. So word is, so let's go back. Well, he's dead. Why why go back? And, well, we can mourn with the family. So Jesus says, you know, piano, piano, slowly but slowly. And and they're they're anxious. You know, your buddy died. Let's, Let's go. You know, the family's there. And Jesus has something up his sleeve. Now, we, we know Jesus is the Son of God, but he's also a person. That's the uniqueness of our Lord, Jesus Christ. He's fully God, fully man, all wrapped up in one. And things like this, this story, sort of gives us a little uncovering of who the Jesus that we talk about so often really is. So he comes on the scene, and the disciples say, uh, you, your buddy died, and he said, okay, let's go back to Judea after a while. And, hey, hey, and Thomas says, no, whoa, 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 whoa. 
Remember they try to kill you? They try to throw you off a cliff? Now you want to go back? What are you, out of your mind? You can, you can just see the dynamic. They don't, they don't really know he's Jesus. He's, he's got these superpowers. He's done wonderful things. But they don't really know Jesus as God. They know Jesus, the rabbi, the teacher, the buddy, the guy who walks with them and eats with them and teaches them. That's the Jesus they know. The full revelation of who he is has not come out. Yeah, we know Peter, James, and John were there at the Transfiguration, but that's almost like a highlight that, it seems, didn't stick. It didn't stick. I mean, you and I see Jesus resurrected on, on the mountain, on Mount Tabor, and his face is glowing like the sun, and his, his vestments are white like snow, and out of the cloud, a voice of God speaks about him as my beloved son. I guess it would have made a little bit of an impression on me. I don't know about you, but, you know, but not so it seems with disciples. Oh, okay, it's Jesus again. Okay, let's, and he says, don't tell anybody until we, until we, until, until we go through the whole passion, till the Son of Man rises from the dead. And they didn't know what that meant. Now it's getting closer. So he's here at the tomb. Like, who do you identify with? I, I wonder what we would be. Would, would we be Thomas and say, oh, Jesus, be afraid, don't, don't go. Would, would we save him from that? Would we be like the disciples? Whatever Jesus wants, let's go. Let's put ourselves together and follow him back to Judea. Would we be like the mourners? Huh, here he comes. You know what he did with the guy who was blind? He gave him sight. Remember the crippled guy? Made him walk. <laughs> This is his buddy, this is his relative, this is his friend. If he was here, guy wouldn't have died. And Jesus says something very interesting. There's a purpose for Lazarus' death. This is the last sign of Jesus given to us in the Gospel of John, the seven signs. This is the last of the signs. The water into wine, we all know that. The sight, we all know that. But this is the last sign. This is to show who he is. And he says, you know, there's a reason Lazarus died. To give glory to God. There's a purpose for this. Again, if we were there, I wonder what we'd say. What is he talking about? What, what, what purpose can it be? What purpose couldn't this have served? And they go with him. And Martha and Mary both greet him. One is crying, one is there saying, oh, don't, don't open the stone because he, you know, he's been there four days, Jesus. Who, who, who would we identify with? Would it be with Martha or Mary, the sisters who are mourning, but yet in dialogue with Jesus? Yeah, I know the resurrection. I know something strange about you. But she didn't make that leap of faith. Neither one made that leap of faith yet. Didn't I tell you that if you believed, you'd have life eternal? Now, you know, and I know, we don't really know what that is, experientially. Our faith says that Jesus conquered the demon of life, which is death. Our faith says that this is the, the, the conflict that started with the devil during the 40 days in the desert, and Jesus' relationship. This is the moment in which death and Jesus are face to face. And to show who he is, he speaks to his father. And, and you know, it's, it's great because we're there, 
and we're listening. We're eavesdropping. And he says, Father, this is something I, I wish all of us could say almost every day of our lives. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd here, I have said this, that they may believe you sent me. He's talking about you and me. He's not talking about the first century Jews. He's talking about you and me. He is doing this so you and I someday, today, and every day of our lives, could reassociate our relationship with Jesus and renegotiate it and realize he is the Son of God, sent by God, and he hears us and he presents our prayers to the Father, just as he presented the prayers of Martha and Mary to the Father. And then he says something very strange, untie him and let him go free. That's the whole purpose of Jesus coming to us, that we are unburdened and we're free. Oh, what do, you, what do you mean we're unburdened? We've got things, we've got bills, we've got taxes, we've got illness, we've got death, we've got all that stuff. We've got war. What, what, what's the unburdened? There's something eternal that Jesus has given us, and he's, he's reaching up into our souls, you might say, and tweaking our souls, saying, didn't I tell you, if you believe in me, you'll have eternal life? Not life at birth, that ends at 110 or 90 or 80 or 70 or 60. Not that kind of life. Eternal life. D didn't I tell you that if you really hold on to me, you would be free, even in the face of illness, even in the face of death, even in the face of war, you'll be free. Because the relationship is not dependent upon your flesh, your body. The relationship is based on the relationship we have with God the Father, who sent me, Jesus tells us. So the closer we get to Jesus, the more we have a vision of his eternal life. And the closer we get to Jesus, the more we live that vision in our own lives. Which means, when things are rough, when things are terrible in our lives, we have a choice. Give up. Or say, wait a minute, I'm putting this in your hands, Jesus. I know you hear me. You haven't knocked on my door physically to let me know. Oh, I'm, I'm here, by the way. I know you hear me. Based on my faith, I know you hear me. And you always hear me. So help me through this. Help me with your spirit within me to get through this next trial of my life, whether it's a marital issue, a, a death issue, an illness issue, a relational issue. Let me get through this because you are with me. I'm not alone. Didn't I tell you if you believed, you would experience eternal life, he says? So we could be with him at the tomb. And then he tells them what to do. Roll away the stone and let him go free. Let all of my people go free so they can live free. Now, now just run back to, to the, the, the prophet Ezekiel. These people have just come back from Babylon. Their lives are a mess. And through the prophet, it, it's almost like the seed is planted. Through the prophet, Ezekiel is telling them God's words, I will open your graves 
and have you rise from them and bring you back home. You and I are stuck in life. So you, you and I think of grave, we think of the dirt, we think of the mausoleum, we think of all that stuff that goes on in the cemeteries. The scriptures are not limited to that. Because we know if the prisoners coming home from Babylon were set free and their physical lives is what God is talking about, then they'd be here now. But he's talking about something more substantial, more real, their psyche, their soul, their person. And when we place our faith in God, he says, I will bring you home. I will bring you to eternal life. I will open your graves and have you rise from them, my people. This is the first ref one of the first references to the resurrection in the Old Testament. That's why when Jesus asks one of the sisters, do you believe in the resurrection? Oh, yeah, yeah, I believe in the resurrection at the end of time, like Ezekiel talked about. I am the resurrection. I mean, that must have been ringing, echoing in their ears. I am the resurrection. What does that mean? We know if you're dead and you come out of the grave, that could be re resurrection or it could be res resuscitation or it could be freedom. But, but what are you talking about, Jesus? That you are the resurrection. I have promised and I will do it, says the Lord. In a few weeks, we'll be celebrating that event which transformed time. The resurrection of Jesus, because that's when the devil and Jesus again are at odds with each other. But this time, the resurrection of Jesus, Easter Sunday, Jesus wins eternally. Not just waking Lazarus up out of the grave and giving him back to his family. So when he's talking about himself being the eternal life, the resurrection, he's getting under our skins. He's getting to the who we are, the values that we hold, our ethics, our morals, our love of neighbor, all of it. He's talking to that part of ourselves, which is not the physical. It's enacted through the physical while we're on, on this earth. Our faith is enacted through Food, water, drink, clothing, yes. But that's not the sum of it. The sum of it is to latch on to and be part of the eternal one. And we're not going to live this life only to get into heaven. Because you probably won't do it. Probably won't. If you live in this life just to get to heaven, you won't get to heaven. Because you, you, we're doing something wrong. We live this life to bring Jesus more into our lives, to bring his eternal life into our lives and sharing that life with others through our family relations, through our neighbors, through feeding the hungry, the working for peace. That's how what's eternal, what you can't grab onto, is brought to the flesh, is brought into the earth, is brought into the world. When he says, I am the resurrection, do you believe what would you say? What would you say to Jesus if he said, you know, he's got the critiques on one side, he could have saved his friend, he did all this other stuff. 
Thomas is saying we're going to die with him because they were all going to latch on to him and kill him. Get to the heart of it. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. Do you believe that? I don't think any of us could take that and believe it wholesale completely yet. But it certainly is the direction of our lives. It certainly keeps us hope-filled. It certainly keeps us, keeps us optimistic. And so every year as a church, we go back to it historically and we celebrate the Easter event just to wake ourselves up and say, oh my God, he really is alive. Oh my God, Jesus Christ is really with me. Oh my God, he hears me always because he lives now and forever. What would be your reaction if you were there at the tomb of Lazarus? You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too. And with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.